Hi, everyone, and welcome to RX Rounds, a podcast that focuses on health education in the Caribbean community. I am your host, Alondra Mitchell. After being diagnosed with diabetes, a person is likely to make a lot of lifestyle changes. For instance, their diet, new exercise and activities, and even medication management. With all of these changes, it's a good idea to get some help to manage your diabetes. In this episode, Mr. Desmond Crocker, a certified diabetes educator, joins me to discuss his role in helping a patient with their diabetes management. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Um, Hello, everyone. I am Desmond Crocker. I have what I've set up AMSEC, meaning Anise Memorial Diabetes Chronic Disease Education Center, um, a foundation established to help persons understand better how to manage their chronic conditions, diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and things like that. So that's what um, AMSEC is about. Yeah, yeah, really great company that you're building and it's so needed in the Caribbean. Um, but Desmond, tell us about your Caribbean heritage. Where are you from originally? Okay, um, I would say that I am a, a true Caribbean man. Um, I was born in Georgetown, Guyana and did my training um, in nursing in Guyana. Um, I worked for some time in Guyana, then went to Jamaica, right? I, I um, Actually, I, I didn't say that I'm a registered nurse. I did my training as a registered nurse in Guyana. So um, I did a my bachelor's degree there, specializing in nursing education. So I went to Jamaica as a nurse educator. I worked there for some time. Um, while there, I was exposed to diabetes management. I did some training in diabetes management. Um, and I would have, um, after working there again for some time, I moved to Trinidad. Um, so I would have worked in Trinidad for some time. I completed my master's degree in Trinidad. And it's in Trinidad where I was able to um, do a lot of work in chronic disease and diabetes management. Well, I've left Trinidad last September and working in Turks and Caicos Island. So um, you see why I call myself a, a Caribbean man, because I, to date, I've worked in four Caribbean countries, impacting the lives of persons in each of these countries, uh, even those that I have been to, even though I'm not in those countries now, I still have contact with persons there and um, do keep in touch with them. That is amazing. Um, and in terms of your diabetes educator certificate, can you tell us more about that and what does that mean? Because a lot of folks don't really know what a diabetes educator does. No, diabetes education is something that is relatively new to healthcare delivery system. Um, 
it might be a little more popular in the first world countries, North um, USA and Canada, um, and maybe UK. But uh, in the Caribbean, it's in basically in embryonics. But what diabetes education is, diabetes education focus on helping persons who have diabetes to develop skills that they need to prevent complications of, of the diabetes, to understand how to manage their diabetes so that they will avoid or delay complications like heart attack, stroke, um, and you know, amputations, kidney failure, those, those are some of the complications that occur as a result of, di of diabetes, um, just as a result of diabetes. And, and, um, and so you want to delay or avoid those complications. And, and so diabetes management um, from a diabetes educator will, um, will help persons to understand how to do that. So how, how um, long is the certification for a diabetes educator? Certification for a diabetes educator would vary from region to region. Um, but generally, the requirements would be that you have um, certification in one of the health professions, um, a nurse, a pharmacist, a dietitian, a doctor, right? You need to be certified, um, qualified in one of the health professions and be licensed to practice in that profession that you are um, qualified. Then you need to have proof of additional training in diabetes management. Um, there are diabetes management programs that you can access. You can do um, a master's degree in diabetes management, you know, um, just whatever. You need to have some sort of proof that you would have had additional training in diabetes management. After that, you are expected to prove again that you would have provided a specified number of hours working with persons with diabetes. Again, that specified number of hours will vary from region to region. I think here in the US, it's a thousand hours. Here in the Caribbean, it's 200 hours. Or you would have to um, have proof that you would have done that. And then at the end of all of that, you do a certifying exam. All right. Um, and the body that, that would certify as a diabetes educator will provide that exam. And of course, in the US, they have the, they have the, um, the accrediting body that does that here in the Caribbean. We have, we have one again that is based in UE, Jamaica. All right. Um, so once you would have passed that exam, you're now um, certified to as a diabetes educator. We help persons to better understand um, their condition, understand how to deal with the everyday um, challenges and issues that they will have to be dealing with in managing, keeping the diabetes under control. Wow, so it sounds like, you? you know, there's a lot of training required. You have to be very well um, 
qualified to even think about going into diabetes uh, education. So that's really important for folks to know that it's not just anybody that comes out and say they are a diabetes educator. So who do you think might need a diabetes educator? Is it somebody who's pre-diabetic? Is it a diabetic? What type of diabetes? Things like that. You, there, there are a number of, of occasions where you're, you're, a person may, may be in need of a diabetes educator. First of all, um, a person that are just diagnosed with diabetes need a diabetes educator most of the time. A lot of time they're in such a shock, there's such disbelief. There, there are so many questions to what has happened to them. That is a crucial point at the end time when um, they may need somebody to help them to go through. I've encountered persons that would have told me when they first diagnosed, you know, how, how devastating it was for them. They cried and a, a lot of ways they would have um, uh, responded to that news, you know, because people have different views on, on, on what diabetes is, especially if they would have had a family member, a close friend that would have um, had diabetes or diabetes. And so just being diagnosed, just diagnosed person that um, first diagnosed with diabetes will need, should, should speak with a diabetes educator. Um, a person who diagnosed with prediabetes, again, because of the same reason why they would have, um, why person would, how people react to being diagnosed with diabetes just hearing that they're on their way to diabetes, they don't understand what that means. They don't understand um, what it would take to, to prevent moving on into diabetes. And so that is an opportunity for you to speak with a diabetes educator. Then of course, there are persons who are at risk. They might hear that they, um, and, and there are a number of, we are all at risk. All right, um, based on our ethnicity, based on our culture and, and things like that. And um, so you would, persons at risk need to understand things that they can do to avoid um, moving over into diabetes. Then there are persons who are in a diabetes, a diabetic crisis. Um, a person might have had an amputation Done. They might have had a heart attack. They hear that their kidney is starting to fail. Um, the doctor would have changed the medication from oral to insulin. All right. Um, you know what? I, I call those diabetes crisis moments. And, and so, um, again, <clears throat> that's, that's an opportunity for, for, um, for us to talk about how are we gonna move through the, this, this session? Um, then there are persons who might be trying all that they think they should do and not achieving the target that they're hoping to achieve. You need to speak with a diabetes educator so that we can identify where, where the loopholes are so that you can understand how, and you understand how to get through those loopholes. So those are some opportunities for meeting with a diabetes educator, as far as I, I can um, bring to mind right now. Yeah, and it's great that you point that out when someone thinks they're doing everything that they can and they're still not able to manage their numbers. So a lot of yeah. uh, yeah. 
a lot of what a diabetes educator does is develop a management plan. And that encompasses a lot of things. Can you tell us what a management plan that you would prepare can look like? Okay, first of all, when it comes to managing diabetes, it's first of all, helping the client understand that diabetes management is their responsibility. A lot of times people, um, well, I suppose that that, that that is bringing in one of the myth busters, all right? Um, people tend to rely on the healthcare system to get them well. But mm -hmm. um, when it comes to chronic disease management, people understand it's their responsibility. Healthcare systems um, will be responsible for helping them to get where they need to go. So. When, when people, first of all, take that on as their responsibility, they realize that they have decisions to make. And so the next step is understanding, having understood that it is your responsibility, you, you need to understand that there are some behavior changes that must occur, all right? Now, those behavior changes um, would include things like a diet, um, your activity, um, how you take the medication, um, how you cope with stress, all right? Um, on, and, and so the diabetes management plan will first do an assessment of where you are on those areas, your medication, exercise, diet, um, your coping, with stress, your understanding of, of, your, of your, um, your numbers. And, and so, um, so I would have said that it's about the behavior change. Now, as diabetes educators, we understand that behavior change, be, um, habits die hard. And so we try to prioritize, after we made that assessment, we try to prioritize which of those behavior change um, become top priority. And, and of course, the person, the client, they're the one that help us in, in deciding which of those need to take preeminence. And so work on it one behavior at a time, all right? So that persons will not be overwhelmed with, oh, I have all these behavior change to, to do and I got to get them done now. All right, and so we, we work with them, create a plan, look at their environment, look at, assess their environment, assess their, their schedules, and create a plan that is unique to their specific situation. For example, um, the doctor may say to them, you need to stop eating this and stop eating that, and you need to, um, exercise more. For them, they might not know what to do for exercise. And so the diabetes mm -hmm. educator will help them with that. Um, don't eat this, but what to eat, <laughs> all right? Uh, the diabetes right. educator help them with that, all right? It's about looking at their specific um, situation and tapping into helping them to develop the skills that they would need to have to deal with the specific 
challenges that they may have with the diabetes management. And that is why um, a lot of people may, may um, would contact me on Facebook and say, send me some information on diabetes management. I can't do that because, <laughs> you know, the diabetes management has to do with based on what is happening, what are the challenges you are having with your diabetes. So um, that is basically in a nutshell what the diabetes management plan is about. And I think you just covered one of the main benefits of having a diabetes educator because having just your physician or your primary care doctor tell you, okay, you have diabetes, here's what you should do. You should start exercising, fix your diet, all of those things. That doesn't really help a patient unless they have a fully functioning guideline that is tailored to their needs, their um, schedule and things like that that you mentioned. So sometimes those visits to doctors does not seem to be enough because you leave them more confused about your diagnosis. Exactly. So really, sure. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. So tapping into diabetes educators where you can get all the benefits of covering your disease state in full. So Desmond, you talked a little bit about one of the myths associated with chronic disease management and not just diabetes, but most chronic diseases, people think it's the requirement of the healthcare system to, to help them and not their own behavioral changes that they need to make. What are some other yeah. myths associated with diabetes or even chronic dis disease management? And, and uh, um, I, I would say that the myths surround the same topics that we cover on, in, in the diabetes management plan, the diet, for example. Mm -hmm. The diet, um, you hear all kinds of stories about what you should eat and what you should not eat. You can't eat ice cream, you can't eat cake, you can't eat, you know. But then um, diabetes, the, the, uh, those are not necessarily so. It comes back to how often you, or, or you can't have ice cream, but how often can, would you want to have ice cream and how much ice cream you, you, you want to have. All right, so, mm -hmm. so um, and then on the other hand, doctors will tell patients things like um, use oats because oats are good for diabetes and use sweet potato because it's good. And so the patient leave the office believing that, oh, the more oats I eat, the better my diabetes mm -hmm. will be. The more sweet yeah. potato I eat, the better my diabetes. When really and truly these things also have sugar <laughs> and, and so we um it's about understanding how much of what to eat and how often and that is why we we still don't want to talk about that another another that balance yes creating it's about creating that balance about um so so um eating based on your activity level all right. Um, then there's exercise. Again, the doctor may say um, you need to exercise, but you might have a, some arthritis problem and you tell yourself that, oh, I can't exercise because I've been having this pain in my knee or, or so. Exercise is not limited to walking about or running. All right. 
um, exercise again is based on what you are able to do. All right. It's about bodily movement. We need activity. We need exercise. But um, what that exercise will be will be based on your ability. Another myth that I want to stress on is the medication. So the doctor prescribed medication for you. You go to the pharmacy, you collect it, and um, you see on the on the on the um, label this medication will be taken twice a day or once a day. So um, you know when it comes to diabetes medication, it's a little different to a lot of the other medication because you're taking this medication to help to lower your blood sugar. But it's about understanding what raises your blood sugar. It's your meals that raises your blood sugar. So your, how you take that medication must coincide with how your meals are, eat, are how your meals are. So when you're gonna have to take the medication twice a day, are you gonna take it nine o'clock in the morning and then you take it just before you go to bed? That, that really is not going to, um, help with the medication with the, with that's not going to help with the management of the diabetes because nobody's going to eat people hardly would get up during the night to eat all right and, and so that medication you take just before you go to bed really won't benefit benefit you all right so again um it's for you to again we why that is why we need to sit on look at your schedule look at how you operate and timing for your medication would fit into that. Um, the last one I want to identify is what we call stress. All right, from the time you hear stress, people, the first thing people think about is um, worries and bills and, you know, people giving them trouble. But then um, stress, it's not only limited to that. Stress can be um, due to overwork. You're working, all right? So, so people might think that, oh, nobody is, I have no worries, I have no trouble. So I, I am not stressed. But when you are not giving your body enough time to rest, that is stress for the body. When you are sick often, like you have, um, people with asthma, all right? or people that just, just get sick for whatever reason often. Every time you're sick, the body is on its stress to, to bring yourself back into that um, place where you um, well, physically well. So um, these are all things that we need to take into the whole diabetes management. You're working seven days a week nonstop and not resting can contribute so you're not being able to manage your diabetes well, right? So those are awesome. those are the things that I would have identified as as myths. Yeah, all excellent points, um, especially with stress, because people tend not to know when they're on the stressful situation. So they may see the blood pressure going up, they may see um, their numbers, their glucose numbers looking a little different, and not understand because they don't feel anything. You know, so exactly. very great points exactly. associated with um, management. 
So Jasmine, we're out of time, but I want you to get some final words in on this topic. Please share with our listeners any final words you have associated with being a diabetes educator. I, I want to stress and emphasize that we are all at risk for diabetes, focusing on the Caribbean population. Our ancestry are people who are at risk for diabetes. Our culture, all right, is what um, is another thing that put us at risk for diabetes. So make an effort to understand about diabetes and diabetes prevention. When you look at the numbers, at, at you know, at what's happening with diabetes here in um, in North America and the Caribbean, you know, the the numbers are alarming. All right, mm -hmm. um, and of course, the reported numbers are always under what really is. Apart yeah. from that, um, yeah. Apart from that, people are people are not just dying from diabetes, they are suffering, all right? When you have to amputate a leg, when you get, when you go blind, right? When you have kidney failure, you, you have to be going to the, um, the dialysis center two or three times a week. It, it is it's an agonizing and, and suffering situation. So you want to avoid this from happening by understanding your risks and understanding what you can do to avoid um, developing diabetes. And um, if you have diabetes, understanding what you can do to have it under control so that you can prevent these um, complications from occurring. Great advice, Desmond. Thank you so much. And I know you mentioned your Facebook page, but how can listeners uh, find you? We have a website. Um, the website is, is amcec.net, amcec.net. You can email me at amcechealth at gmail.com. Gmail um, we have a website, a, a Facebook page with the same name, Annie's Memorial Chronic Disease education center um, and the same name on LinkedIn as well. WhatsApp 649-232-4253. All right, those are the ways in which you can get on to us. Terrific. Desmond, thank you so much for joining us. I know people will have a lot more questions um, for specifically a diabetes educator. So we'd love to have you back um, to go more in depth into possibly what the plan might look like for a patient. Yeah, sure. No problem. With that. This podcast represents the professional opinion of RX Rounds and its wellness partners. Our content is created for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for direct personal and professional medical care or diagnosis. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding your medical needs. If you enjoyed this episode, visit RX Rounds on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. And we'll see you next rounds on RX Rounds.